WTBQ. And we're back again uh, discussing local uh, issues and uh, specifically topic du jour. I believe one of the hottest topics has been the proposed development on the Pulpit uh, Rock Inn or Pulpit Rock site. So we were discussing the, uh, the sort of like the choreography or procedures that one has to go through uh, for in, in the process of approval. And uh, I mentioned that number of studies has been done, including, uh, once again, historical, archaeological. This is, seems to be the main focus of uh, this uh, group. Uh, yeah, Greenbelt it's, it's strange. Society. Yeah. Warwick Greenbelt Preservation Society, look them up, um, because they really have zero achievements. They haven't uh, attempted to preserve anything, what they have done. And I think they use these exact words verbatim at one point in their little Facebook group. Um, let's make this guy's life miserable, or let's make uh, this guy that miserable. Was, uh, yeah, that was, has been said by the administrator and the founder of the group, uh, Tim Hall. So that's, you know, that's quite a mission statement. Um, I'm, and I'm sure the state chartering board would like to know a little more about that. And I'm sure in time they will. But as far as archaeological, this one gets me um, because you had a, a pretty comprehensive archaeological study done. Multiple phases, correct. And despite that, on right on a radio program, um, I heard a municipal historian state verbatim there will be more archaeological studies how can anyone municipal historian or anyone at all make that prediction Stephen? i've never heard of anything like that well that is very interesting especially in the light of the recent statement or events uh, we huh. had uh, uh, we have the number of uh, trespassing uh, on the property sure which were well documented the police uh, has been involved and uh, with those trespassing some of those trespassing uh, at, got even drones involved in it yeah i understand the the two gentlemen who parked on the property of a lady who lives next door who is also one of the uh a trustees of the warwick greenbelt preservation society they parked in her yard flew drones over the rock yeah. mm -hmm. uh the police came the police they fled then the police tracked them down spoke to one of them and he said that uh they're just doing it for artistic reasons which may or may not be true but what I, what I find much more disturbing is uh, what our trail cam evidence has shown and some of the interesting characters we've got going in and out. Oh, absolutely. Now, we know, we, 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 I can state with certainty that we know uh, that site has been compromised. Very much uh, so. As a result of all the trespassing and, uh, you know, all, all these things happening, we, we know that has happened. We know... Uh, and uh, the site essentially right now is being treated uh, as as a a crime scene. Crime scene essentially, yeah. it has to be. I mean, right now there's you know the chain of custody of evidence is very bizarre right now. And when we spoke with a very renowned uh, PhD archaeologist who's done a lot of work with these people and with other people in the area, um, he said that it's very commonplace for drones to be used to drop. Uh, to introduce Ar foreign material. Foreign material, uh, artifacts uh, from other sites that some people might have access to, and that he has in fact seen this happen firsthand at sites where he's recognized artifacts that he himself collected somewhere, they made it to a collection, yep. then he noticed that they were suddenly being claimed as being found at another site. I cannot help but expect this to be the case at your site. And that's probably, that would explain the the claim uh, that take off the signs, let people come in and for the one last time. So in order to become a, a warrant another sort of like a deeper study or there should be a new discoveries in place. And we know very well and as well 
these people who involved in this, there's an instance that has been done prior. It's a common practice to do this. And uh, what did the, what did the archaeologists call again? Salting or sugaring the I site? I believe it was called sugaring. <clears throat> sugaring. You, you can pepper in the site with with artifacts, but I think he was referring specifically to a particular. Um, oh, he was saying sugar as because he was sort of referring to the sugarloaf mastodon, sugar, uh, okay. who's up at uh, the right. Sunni Orange. But campus. he he's very familiar with the, and so is I believe you been in in, in the field in the mental field. Uh, you also familiar. This is a common practice. Very familiar. In fact, very. Often Often, but also it happens with the very same characters, with the same kind of people. So yes. I'm interested to see who is going to be calling for that uh, new discoveries and, uh, you know, what the, the reason. For example, one of the uh, Greenbelt Preservation Society's members was uh, openly calling it for, just open it for one last time, for one. I would like to Mike, preserve on the radio it. last That's week. Correct. So uh, I would like uh, people to understand that we're trying to preserve it for public use, not for one last time, not for one particular, uh, you know, uh, purpose. But if you uh, live in a community and you have such a treasured heirloom, let's, you know, let's open it. Uh, and th- right now, the way things stands right now, only me and my family uh, and members of another corporation can enjoy this uh, rock, can enjoy the work on, on, on the field. I would like to change that. I would like to open it to public. And the only way I see that being done is to create something for public use. Unlike uh, somebody who called uh, Stephen Gross, I believe, uh, he was uh, saying, Never heard of him. Build three homes up there. Please do. Please build three homes. And I, the question that I have, how does that serve the community? How does that serve or helps uh, to make this property public. It's not good rateables, that's for sure, but let's not even talk about that. I mean, you know, speaking of those sort of people, biostitutes, et cetera, who are often paid to introduce endangered species onto a site to stop in development, um, I, you know, uh, movement, grassroots movements have asked me to do that in the past. I won't do it. That's just, I'm a scientist. And not yeah, I believe uh, this is how we get to know each other. I, I believe yeah. this is how uh, your introduction uh, to this to, to this project uh, began. When uh, the letter oppos- to the editor. Yeah, yeah. And oh, well, you, before that, and the opposition reaching out and trying to wink, wink, uh, see if something can be found. Yeah, in fact, we still have a screenshot of uh, someone saying, "Hey." And this is in the Village Greenbelt Preservation Society group back before they changed the name to Warwick Greenbelt Preservation Society after they realized that your project is not in the village. They changed the well, name. Well, it took of their a little group. while. Um, I feel like I took uh, those people through through school, so to speak. Yeah. So they're slow on the uptake. But the bottom line here is that the guy who started it all, Timmy Hull, someone had said to him in the group, "Hey, you should find cricket frogs there. Have somebody put some in there. Your troubles will be over." And Timmy Hull said, good idea, wink, wink, uh, emoticon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it tells you what you're dealing with. I'm not at all shocked to hear that drones are flying over there. And this PhD archaeologist is telling us that drones are being used to drop artifacts on sites. I think we know where this is all going. I think our trail cam images are uh, wonderful to prove that yeah. when it starts getting crazy. But what I'm most disturbed by is a municipal historian saying on the air on his radio show there will be more archaeological studies well there's uh, really uh, no reason because when i uh, reached out to the person who prepared the archaeological report and uh, he's, he said we, if we would like to do something even in more depth 
He essentially laughed uh, of the idea and said, well, I don't think there's a reason. Uh, the state cleared you up and there's really nothing. There's really nothing has been found. Why would you even uh, consider something like that, spending more money, spending more time? So That's it, a good point. It, it's it's be, almost like you're being terrorized into just blowing more money so these people are, quote-unquote, well, making that, that's miserable. exactly what the mission is. Uh, make, make, make it miserable, spend more time, spend more money. And uh, the, the, this is what I find sort of like ugly when they not shy of any sort of like uh, using any tool in, in the toolbox. So the lying is, is, is okay, trespassing is okay, making lies, making threats. Everything seems to go with, with this. Uh, can, I, can I add something to that, Stephen? Um, oh, please do. You know, forgetting the legalities, forgetting, uh, you know, your approval. What bothers me is that these people also make it personal. Hey, you know what? We have a difference of opinion. So what? we move on like adults. But people don't do that anymore. There are people who I knew before this situation that after I wrote a letter to the editor supporting you, they couldn't just say, hey, Jay, I disagree with you on that, but, you know, let's have a beer. Hey, Jay, I disagree with you on that, but, you know, that's life. How are things otherwise? These people who used to purport to be friends more than turned against me. They, so thankfully, I know who they actually were. They never were friends. But these are people who won't talk to me. These are people who publicly because deride do me. I don't care. Because do not their agenda. And this is what they find and threatening. And that's really, you know, it's usury. It's a, a form of social usury because we have fewer and fewer human beings and we have more and more people who just want to be influencers and that should be the banned word of 2020 influencer people who've never actually made an accomplishment done the real work uh taken a real chance but because they start throwing an idea around well they're an influencer that's timmy hall yeah no i i agree but uh, all right so we I, I believe we have another break coming up so we're coming right right after Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. WTBQ. We have a nice fall weekend with a good amount of sun for the afternoon, breezy at times for a while in the upper 50s to near 60. Tonight will be clear and cold with patchy frost 30 to 35, Sunday plenty of sun, and after a chilly start, rather pleasant 60 to 65, more clouds than sun on Monday with maybe a late day shower. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. All right, and we're back on the air. Stephen Keeter and Jay Westerwald here with you in the studio. So uh, we were talking, and I, Jay, I, 
I think you made an excellent point that people get influenced by social media. They, they pick up on this uh, sheeple mentality and, uh, you know, just follow up uh, the ones that are mostly <coughs> loud <coughs> in their statements. Sure. Uh, yet, uh, in a, just in the last issue of Warwick Advertiser, I, I want to give a shout out to somebody. And I, I have to uh, step aside and sort of uh, tell one thing. I have all this. All my life has been drawn and attracted to people that uh, we're not afraid to, you know... Uh, speak their truth. Sp- speak their uh, thoughts or, or their feelings. And uh, once again, here's uh, a letter to the editor that actually proves just that. And one of the sentences, this is how this gentleman finishes up his letter. He said, I support the, the plan to bring additional revenue to our local businesses by providing much-needed accommodations. I don't think anybody can argue with that. I think we all know that Warwick... We as a community pushing, putting up an, a very big effort into making it a social hub, making it a center of those events that we're bringing up to Warwick, yet uh, we don't benefit fully as a community from them. No, and it's it's really, as a community, we have a lot of wonderful establishments, no doubt. It's, it's really incredible. And I'm heartened every time I walk down Main Street, especially on weekends, to see all the people enjoying. But to me, there's, there's something a little uncomfortable about serving people a lot of alcohol and then telling them, okay, well, I'm glad you enjoyed Warwick. Now drive home. It's not (laughs) smart. And the alternative is uh, the Warwick Motel. Mm. I'm sure it's a nice place, but it's a motel and it's very limited. There aren't that many units there. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, and once again, uh, going back into uh, history of Warwick uh, and the so-called the most claim to fame of, of this particular formation, rock formation, is an existing serograph on glass uh, that dates back to 1903. Okay. So it's, it's an old postcard, essentially, uh, which is very cool, kind of cute, you know, and I think everybody who visiting Warwick should probably, uh, every tourist should live with one, you know, uh, contributing money to the local economy. Sure. Yet at that time, in 1903, there were more than half a dozen, more like eight or maybe even ten local hotels. Sure. Some of them... Um, you know, boasting more than a uh, hundred uh, rooms, yeah. guest rooms. And uh, the grandest of them all was uh, Red Swan Inn. And I, despite of uh, whatever has been said or claimed, I think there's a lot of good history that we can build on and following up uh, in the footsteps of uh, historical hotel and even bring um, the, the idea to the, uh, you know, to its former glory. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot more people would be compelled not only to visit if they have nice accommodations, but they'll be compelled to do a multi-day visit, which is really kind of a nice thing. Instead of coming up for one day, um, you know, spending a little money, enjoying the sights and then finding out, oh, there's something else we could do. Wow, we're out of time. We still have the ride back to the city or to the island or to Westchester. But instead to say, oh, well, wait, there's a really neat hike. Hey, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. We'll stay over and in the morning we'll get up and do a hike. And and, uh, through all the homework that has been done uh, in relationship to to the project, uh, I can tell you that uh, some piece of statistic actually is, uh, you know, quite striking. Numbers do not lie. Only people in Greenbelt Society do. So uh, one uh, piece of information that I came across is that when – a person spends a night versus day visitor, they spent four times the money. Now it's four times the money. Easily. Four times the money that our community can use, that the village merchants can use, that the town can use. And, and once again, it uh, gives people a chance to explore Warwick to its fullest potential. 
Great point. And, you know, I think we all know that firsthand. If I go, say, to Sleepy Hollow to check out the uh, Horseman Weekend or something around Halloween, I'm going for the day. I'm not going to spend that much money. You know, maybe a quick dinner, probably a burger, and that's it. And go home, you know, pay admission. But if I'm doing something like going out to the east end of Long Island, as I love to do to go surfing or something, I'm going to stay over. And I know, I know, man, I'm going to spend money at the lobster roll or the clam bar or something a, a few nights yep. in a row. You have, you, you, if you have a place to, to spend a night, you bring all your family. Yep. Now, now the kids grow up with certain ideas and recognition of local features and businesses and artists this, this the possibilities are essentially endless and and warwick is a little too vast and too complex to enjoy in one day frankly if you're going to come up here for a trip you have to spend a few days there is a lot to yeah, there's see more, and do there's more than just a main street because i see people parading you know like within three block radius and there's so much more Warwick has to offer. Granted, it's a Main Street uh, lunch for apple pickers, but that's about what everybody comes here for. We have so many, once again, so many events and, and uh, you know, fairs, uh, tributes, wineries, trails. There's so much more. Uh, Hiking, kayaking, Wickham Woods. Just, you know, think about that. The wineries are actually pretty phenomenal. The agritainment uh, at the two ends of town, at the... Uh, the Wright's border Farm with Chester, Penning. Wright's Farm, and on the border with Sussex County, New Jersey, we have Penning's phenomenally exciting place with live music, bands, right. a big store. You know, it's a lot of fun. So there's so much to do here. You cannot possibly take it in in a day or two. And a hotel would really engender longer stays, which we really need more of. And as I said before, if you were to look at the number of pubs, and restaurants where people are enjoying some alcohol, it's almost uh, unethical to tell them, okay, good night, get back on the road and drive. Well, even historical society in town runs a pub. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> it seems to yes, be everybody's favorite uh, business. So, but at the same time, uh, you know, I have absolutely no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that <clears throat> hotel or maybe hotels will come to our community. Sure. It's just a matter of time and it's a matter of uh, who's going to bring it in. I don't think, despite of, um, you know, being... Uh, sort of demonized and, and uh, painted as a boogeyman, Baba Yaga, in a sense. You know, <laughs> Baba I, Yaga. I don't think there's another local guy who lives with the vicinity of proposed project that will uh, see the project through and make sure that it doesn't hurt neither his interest, his family, his real estate values. That's and a great point. And, you know, like the Open Space Institute, OSI, uh, often takes stewardship of land for preservation. But they're essentially owned and run by a Chinese corporation now. And so when we see things like the old NEMA, uh, New York Military Academy over uh, near Cornwall um, being preserved, and then we see, well, it's OSI, you get deeper and deeper into foreign corporations, foreign governments really owning these things. And I tend to think that if the proposal were not Stephen Keeter, guy who lives right on West Street by the uh, site, um, but if it were OSI, uh, with their severely greenwashed reputation, hey, we're here to you know preserve open right. space. I don't think there'd be any pushback. I think people would be supporting I it. I believe it's uh, uh, a lot of this opposition has a personal reasons and it's deeply sort of rooted. Uh, I think one of the uh, also vocal opponents, uh, Jenna Berman Field. Yikes. Uh, we have, uh, despite the opposing and uh, being against everything that I do, that uh, lady uh, did enjoy. Um, 
fruits of my labor and many businesses uh, that I brought in uh, uh, to Warwick, services of the businesses. I remember her being customer to Lido Cleaners, that, uh, then uh, later to Spring Street Market. Uh, and uh, I know she enjoyed uh, currently the services of other uh, businesses that I actually brought into Warwick as well. So I can't tell... Uh, that uh, merchants or business owners enjoy uh, those relationships back in return that much, but uh, it just tells you that uh, you know something. It takes uh, guts and and efforts and money and time to do something, and it takes very little effort to try to destroy something uh, that you know Joel just uh, takes as a <coughs> Facebook page and somebody's opinion, not necessarily correct one. Yeah, it's you know it's funny that person who you mentioned I'd never heard of until I. Uh, until inadvertently the, until got the election, in, I believe. Until the, the, election, the election, this is when it became when, uh, but it became known under different names. Uh, yeah, and I think it, you know, one I, day so she was uh, Green Wash, uh, Green Green Greenway, Greenway Green, Preservation Society, oh, and another she, issue. Yeah, that's right. I think she's an architect who bundled up uh, Trustee Cheney and uh, Corey Buckman uh, as. Uh, you right, know, she was paying the checks to the of, local uh, paper for those Barry's ads. Berries and Corys. Yeah, yes. those ads that one of the candidates had to say, look, this is not a bona fide group that supports us. This is not a PAC or anything. They're not, I didn't give them my permission. So he said, and uh, then they continued, and it turned out the checks were all signed by that lady who you mentioned. But I'd never seen that name before and until all of this, and I've noticed that on social media, She's this person who, well, first she, and anyone she's never heard of, she says it's me with a fake name, which is just an abject lie, but we don't care. That's what they do for a living. She derides your Spring Street improvements, the beautiful buildings that you built there that, by the way, are some of the only new brick uh, face buildings that I've seen or brick buildings that I've seen in the village that really look like the beautiful old buildings, like the old Masonic building, the old uh, Demarest and all. They're consistent with those. But she derides those, but she was nowhere near Warwick before you did any of these. When I came into Warwick. Right, uh, and she never she, saw the slums she that probably were there. Wouldn't, uh, well, an interesting fact that uh, I, the, <clears throat> the, prop, the first property that I purchased in Warwick was officially condemned. That building, uh, 19 Spring Street, that is home for uh, Toledo Cleaners, uh, Spring Street Market, and where is that? Now, I don't, I don't, apartments. Is uh, that like by where Garsh's used to be? Because Garsha's was, when I was in high school and afterwards, Garsha was a bar on the corner of West and Spring Correct. that everyone went uh, to. Kind of, now it's like a, a fireman bar. Uh, Hulligan's, right, Hell, right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, place does uh, good business. So, uh, yeah, that building on 19 Spring Street has been has been officially condemned. So when we stepped in, we had to take uh, the portion of it down and renovate um, the rest of it. And we essentially, in doing those renovations, we reused Every single stone that has been pulled out of the wall, we, we found the home and put it in another place in the building. And as a result of it, we received the Best Historical uh, Renovation Award from the Warwick Chamber of Commerce. Really? Yep. Uh, they're a good group. Michael, uh, Jandro, and the, they, they do great work. So, so just, you know, those facts. Once again, I'm really not uh, swayed by opinion of somebody who hasn't doesn't know the facts, doesn't well, she's know. She's not even from here. Uh, she, uh, doesn't even, she doesn't have the context to know what it was before you built that. Well, and then, and then the businesses that we, we preserved, the leader cleaners, that has been historical and in the same location since 1945, if I'm not mistaken. Really? In the very same location. Yeah. That's... Uh, one of the oldest uh, cleaners at Hudson Valley. So we preserved that and we sold it later, if there's any indication of sort of like quality and what the level we brought it to, 
for the record price ever paid for the drop-off box. That's great. And Spring Street Market that we introduced as a response for the need uh, of community to have a grocer downtown because the Grand Union essentially went out of business. Sure. Uh, all the Grand Union leases were assumed by CVS. So we knew that wouldn't be coming in. So that business has been named the best new shop nationwide by American Butchers Guild. So anyway, we'll talk more about this after the break. And right now, word to our sponsors. is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Jeff Berkman, and I invite you to tune in to the Wednesday Morning Roundtable on Radio Worth Listening To, New Jersey and Orange Free Radio. Free to express your opinions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. All right, and the free speech is back on the air with uh, Stephen Keeter and Jay Westervelt. Uh, I also wanted to mention that Jay does have a program that uh, airs up uh, every Monday, 11 to 12. So please tune in for very interesting subject and conversation. I know uh, Jay has uh, awesome guests in the past, and I'm looking forward to see who else he's going to have on the program uh, in the future. Right on. Thank you, Stephen. So anyway, uh, back to uh, claims of uh, Spring Street. Uh, just like I said, the businesses that were brought in, I think, uh, contributed uh, a lot to, to the local economy, to the local services, to the, you know. Stephen, that's great. And it's wonderful that you brought those businesses in. But I don't think people understand. And I didn't understand this until I met you. You built new buildings there. You took down condemned buildings and built beautiful New Correct. buildings. <laughs> yeah, village is very dense. There's really not enough uh, room to build anything. So the only way to do it, uh, either you have two choices. You can renovate mm -hmm. uh, an existing structure. If the, so, you know, like sometimes they say have a house, a building has good bones. Uh, or you can rebuild and you can, you can raise uh, to the ground and then rebuild on either existing footprint or go through a procedure. There are procedures, there's zoning laws uh, in place. And uh, it, it takes time and it does take money and anything that you would like to do. And village is not the easiest places. I want to say even probably the most difficult place to do business in. And a lot of, uh, a lot of developers, a lot of uh, people, <coughs> innovators, they, they chose not to. Uh, uh, unless you're in the Beards huddle. So we, we, I've seen a lot of people leaving uh, village of uh, Warwick for, let's say, village of Florida. And this is where we see the renaissance that the uh, village of Florida right now experiences. Absolutely. I've, I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime and growing up And just in a short number of years. Just yeah. a short number of Florida years. Florida is amazing so what they're doing. things could be done better. The laws should be easy to understand and simple, uh, yet enforced. So everything that... 
we've done yes we uh, right now they're building a 20 spring street that uh, i had a uh, pleasure of being involved in and uh, being as a gc on a project uh, that has been I, I can say that this is probably the most uh, efficient building in terms of energy and uh, being green and new technique and uh, technologies being used in it i just know that when i you know the first time i met you in person when i went to your election office there I was stunned just at the front of the building. It looks like a, a federal courthouse. It's beautiful. It is. It, uh, it, it's funny that you bring it up because it is uh, used a particular brick. Uh, mm -hmm. It is handmade. Uh, it's uh, called Cambridge uh, because cool. the same university, Cambridge University, uh, has been uh, built out of this uh, particular brick, as well as Camden Yards. Uh, you know, a baseball uh, field. Sure. So uh, the choice to use it uh, was uh, because everything has to be relative to scale of the building. This is an oversized brick. Once again, it looks ugly. It's difficult to work with. But once in a wall, it does bring you back and it looks like it belongs and it's been there for forever. Stephen, and you know, one thing I would say to everyone listening, just drive down Spring Street, look at these buildings. They weren't there before Stephen Keeter was the GC or the, you know, to some degree, the builder on them. Um, one I have to ask you about, Stephen, that blows my mind, uh, where Lido Cleaners is. Mm -hmm. In the back, there's a beautiful brick structure that looks like something. I mean, it's reminiscent of buildings in Amsterdam to me. It's really spectacular. This beautiful European building with a really steep pitch, brick with, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's the story with that? Did you oversee that one? Is yes, that? yes. Wow. That, once again, it was a difficult project. I like to be challenged. It's uh, you, you're trying to do something. You only get better at something when you play better opponents, as they say, or you challenge yourself. So that was involved. Uh, uh, underpinning of uh, neighborhood buildings, making sure that you know everything is properly done. We—that's uh, the only building that actually is below sort of uh, like a water level. Right. And uh, everybody who knows Spring Street knows that it's called Spring for a good reason. It's not because of the seasons; it's because of the springs that's abundant and uh, it's get flooded. Every year, there's heavy rains. Sure. Uh, everybody's basement get pumped. You see hoses. You see everybody's pumping uh, water out of the basement. That building is below the water table. Uh, that building has been used. We used the special waterproofing technique. And back in the days, uh, then uh, building inspector for the village, Dan, uh, Daniel Kelly, Kelly sure. and which I have <clears throat> utmost respect for, which is very knowledgeable, uh, knew exactly what he was looking at. And um, I would uh, very often I call him for an advice or if something I, I needed to ask. He would bring other builders to the site and show them and say, this is how it should be done. So I'm very proud of the fact that uh, despite being the lowest, uh, you know, we are still sort of like a submarine. We drive the whistle. <laughs> and while everybody's pumping the water out of their basement, we don't have as much as a drop of water. And, you know, from a practical standpoint, that's very cool. But to look at that building... Again, I grew up here. There's another, uh, once again, it's been, uh, you know, I being from Europe, from Europe and being uh, Mason by trade, I actually do love stone. Sure. Uh, despite of everybody says, you know, this is, he, he doesn't want to preserve it. Uh, one of the reasons the pulpit rock was bought, bought because of that particular feature. And I do like stone. I like working with the uh, masonry materials. I like working with the bricks. There's so many variety of them that can, it's all sort of like a dress, putting a dress on a woman. It's uh, you putting a dress on a building. You can make it look a million different ways. Uh, and uh, that particular building has been uh, done in uh, so-called 
new used brick when yes, they uh, absolutely reused a, a used brick the, and that looked already beaten and old and once you built something out of that that actually looks like it's belong it's been on site forever it looks like it's been there since almost colonial times yeah. and that's so, why so I love it's it. seamlessly integrated uh, yes. into that so Yeah, there's there's a lot of techniques, and once again, I I'm proud to say that we never cut any corners. We didn't we never ask for any sort of favor. Anybody who dealt with me in the past, and once again, I have a wonderful relationship with the building inspector, with the village uh, officials. Uh, I can't say it's uh, easy to do uh, business or anything. You propose a new in the village, but at the same time, given time, given effort, given money. It's all possible, and I believe the results, uh, they speak for themselves. And I really, again, recommend that anyone with questions about the sort of quality that will go into the Pulpit Rock Inn, or as I've heard the name also considered by a wonderful person helping you, uh, the Inn at Pulpit Rock, possibly, yeah. uh, whatever the final name will be. People just drive down Spring Street and look at both sides of this street, 19 and 20 Spring mm -hmm. Street, you say, and look at those buildings. It gives you an idea of the sort of quality that might go in there. Because to me, I know no other example in the village of Warwick where people have done with brick, where they've built something that fits with, again, the old Demarest building, the... Uh, Building the dispatch building right. places. Uh, the uh, railroad building. avenue uh, has well, some beautiful masonry work. Oh, it's uh, spectacular as well. So yeah, it, the the it's uh, making sure that it that it fits that it can be seamlessly integrated into the community's character into the character of existing neighborhood. I think that 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 was a point that that was uh, once again we we are not part of the historical overlay. We were not required to follow uh, you know very strict let's say protocol. Yet I think it's very important uh, to make sure that the, once you put something in it would be great to say that it seems like it it belongs for first and like it's been there forever yeah and you know that's that's what integrity is you did those things not because you had to by code yeah. but because you decided this is how i like to do things and again i'm just stunned by this especially this one woman on social media just saying how you've made a slum there and i'm thinking lady where were you in the 70s 80s and 90s before that was there and that really was slums it was really gross and now it's beautiful yeah it's it, it's been uh, i don't want to say uh, but it, it's been trouble sort of neighborhood uh, i'm not going to take sure. the credit for you know bringing i think it's uh, it takes a village Uh, yeah. A lot of people contributed to that, but uh, I remember that the first uh, in the first probably three years, me moving into Warwick, we had like two murders. Uh, oh yeah, the, you know, uh, right there. Half of the time, the neighborhood was uh, wrapped in a yellow caution tape because there was some kind of ongoing investigation. There was uh, drug dealings on the corners. There was a lot of stuff, uh, but and I uh, happy to say that today. It's a safe neighborhood. Uh, I'm raising my kids there, and I'm proud to say that I would like to think that I had something to do with it. So, what do you think that lady's problem really is? What, where do you think? Her I think it's very personal. I, I really think it's easier to do to bash somebody else's effort. Uh, uh, usually, it's done by people who do, don't have anything to show for their achievement. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm 50 years old, and one of the reasons that behind the hotel, behind the project, I'm trying to. Uh, You know, this uh, in every man's uh, woman's life, there's a moment where you sort of like trying to evaluate, evaluate what you've done so far, what you where you're going, uh, you know, and see what are you going to leave after yourself? What kind of memories? What kind of legacy? So, uh, and to me, this is what I would like to leave: something that would outlive me, and something that people looking at it can say, "Hey, 
This was a local guy who still put an effort, did something really nice. Something that your kids can show people and Absolutely. say, my dad built this, this. I would rather have uh, to leave this sort of memory than the one that says, well, there was uh, this grumpy guy and uh, bitch and just tried to, to <laughs> degrade everything in any anyone <laughs> around himself, you know, like the some of these people do. I'll let you know what they're joyless. They are what they are. You're going to leave something beautiful with the pulpit rock in because it will be built. It will be. We're following the protocol. Uh, it isn't allowed to use. Uh, we were, you know, subject to special permit uh, and whatnot. But we're doing everything we can and everything that is required by law. And I don't see any impediment why it shouldn't go forward. And you have that website, pulpitrockin.com, where people can not only listen to your radio show, past episodes, and mine, by the way, but they can see the plans for the rock. They can see what's yep. going on. With it's it. not fully populated, but there's a, a, certainly an, an idea. We welcome call-ins. We, you can hear not only uh, me speak, but uh, you can hear an opposition. Uh, we give a chance to anybody to call onto the program Last until week, they get out of line and really ridiculous. Like absolutely, you know, yeah, like yeah. It has there's no name calling. There's no uh, false accusation, accusations. There's no uh, untruth that will be tolerated. Maybe on the other program, but not on this one. So I want to make it very, very clear. But I still uh, would like to welcome uh, people's comments, uh, inputs. Um, and again, just so that people understand, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Stephen. But as you've said to me many times, there's so many beautiful properties in Warwick where a hotel can be built with a lot less stress than this. But you love that rock and you want to celebrate that rock. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that said, uh, I've been pushed. I've been through a lot and I've been pushed very, very heavily. And if it takes for me to show and shine a light on the intentions of these people to even like offer them to buy it back, which I know they will not do because this is not all what it's all about. It's about destroying uh, Stephen Keeter and, sure. and his intentions. It's, so uh, once again, if that's what you want, I'll give you a chance. I'm a man of my word. I said it more than once, and I believe uh, I've been pushed to the point where I can uh, offer this uh, for sale. But I don't think people realize what kind of danger that will bring uh, with itself. I don't think a another uh, guy who will who could buy it is going to have the same sort of dedication that I do. I don't think uh, no. it's going to be a beautiful boutique hotel uh, that could be built up there, but rather there's many, numerous, numerous other less friendly to the uses that can be uh, employed. And sure, a cell tower, religious institution, anything you name like it. that. Uh, yeah. Anything from bus garage to, to repair shop to... Uh, a repair think, shop, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so uh, we're not going to go all over the uses. Uh, we still, once again, uh, if that's something uh, somebody wants to participate, we're going to be on the air next week. But uh, in the meantime, I think uh, we're going to ready to wrap up. And I wish everybody a wonderful weekend. Please stop by our sponsor, Sam's Meat Warehouse, for a great steaks and enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Have a great one. Bye-bye.